Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. A few weeks ago, before uh, we left for Cuba, I had this great idea for a sermon. It was a phenomenal idea. And it was the Choose Your Own Sermon Sunday. Do you remember it? Some of you were here. So I thought, this is a great idea. They had this text, and I could take it a couple different directions. I'm like, I'm not sure where to take it. I'll let you pick. So I prepped like four mini sermons, thinking you're all going to gravitate toward one or two of them. And it was an absolute disaster because the con- you all were like evenly divided between all four sermons. And I went, oh my goodness, I blew it. I blew it. One of the sermons you picked was on parenting. And I didn't cover it that Sunday. So Mother's Day came up and went, I'm covering it today. Here it is. So here's the expanded version of the sermon I had three weeks ago. So if you voted for that one, you're in luck. You're in luck. Good timing. And uh, some of you are going, well, I don't have kids. What's this about? I think today is going to be a good, a good message for parents, for grandparents, and for dog owners. <laughs> Let me explain. Let me explain. There's lots of definitions of good parenting. There are a ton of definitions out there. What makes a good parent? And for some of you, it means keeping the children alive through the toddler years. You keep them, they're good there, you're like, all right, I did my job, we survived, we made it through. For my dad, the definition of a good parent is a kid who moved out. All right? My dad always said to me, the road to success does not lead back home. I'm like, okay, Dad, I get it. That was good parenting. You know, for some of you, the definition of good parenting is a kid will pick a great retirement home for you and take good care of you when you grow up. I've already taught my kids, you know, Mom and Dad, they're moving back in with you when we get older. And my son, Timmy, said, how about you moving with Emma? (laughs) Thanks, buddy. (laughs) All right. So what is good parenting? I think the definition of good parents is simply this. Good parents love their kids. Good parents love their kids. But then, what's love look like? I mean, what does loving well look like when you're a parent? Because the vast majority of parents out there love their kids. It's just applying that love that gets tricky sometimes. And so I'm going to define parental love like this. It's actually, I, got it, I grabbed it from Tim Kimmel in his book, Grace, Grace-Based Parenting. He says this, Love is the commitment of my will to your needs and best interests, regardless of the cost. I love that definition. Love is the commitment, not the feeling, the commitment of my will to your needs, regardless of the cost. See, some parents love, and they love like this. They love the commitment of of their will to their needs. And you'll see parents who work with their kids, and they make sure their kids never feel any pain or hardship or heartache whatsoever. And they make sure the kid likes them. Because they're fulfilling their own needs. And some parents, they love like this, they love with the commitment of their will, the child's needs, and the best interest, but not regardless of the cost. And so they'll try to make things easier. Spend less time. Involve less of their will, of their heart. 
because they're afraid of the cost. And some parents love, but they're fearful of the cost. And so what they'll do is they'll try to control the kid. If I can control this kid in every aspect of their life, the cost won't be so hard. Some parents love, but they're fearful of the cost. And parenting, let's face it, parenting is hard. For many, it's the hardest thing I've ever done. We always joke with my kids, we're like, Emma, sorry, you're the practice kid. We made all our mistakes on you, but that's not true. Because the next kid came along, and the next kid was completely different from the first kid, right, David? Then your son? And we practiced on him, too. It's like, this is a different kid. The same tricks don't work on this kid. And then the third kid comes along, and he's completely different from the other two. They're all practice kids. We don't know what we're doing. <laughs> Parenting is hard. And so, I'm going to share this with you. Good parents are great at receiving grace. Because as a parent, as a grandparent, even as a dog owner, you will fail and make mistakes time and time again. You just will. Good parents are good at receiving grace. Because it's easier to give love and extend grace when you know that you are loved and have been given grace. It's just easier. And I'll tell you what, my dogs taught me this lesson. We have two puppies in the Haynes household. Here they are, oh. Sam and Pippin. <laughs> Sam and Pippin, they are eight months old. And um, they're cute, huh? They are super cute. They are the cutest puppies in the world. <laughs> they are not the smartest puppies in the world. And as a matter of fact, they are quite low on the intelligence scale. Uh, the black one there, uh, Sam, uh, likes to mark everything in sight, including people who visit the house. <laughs> so we got Sam fixed last Monday. We're like, to fix his problem, we're gonna fix Sam. We're gonna control Sam and his behavior. We're gonna modify it. So we got him fixed. We picked him up from the vet. And we're walking him around after he gets fixed. And the first thing Sam does, marks me. <laughs> so uh, I'm at the house, and I'm, I'm working on the sermon. And the dogs are barking again. And the dogs will bark at anything. One time they bark when they're outside. And outside, there's nothing around. And they're focused on the shovel. Because it was a different spot. So I put the shovel back where I usually have it, and they stop barking. <laughs> I'm thinking, i got to fix these dogs. It's not because they were barking so loud. They have, they're actually pretty quiet barks. It's not because their behavior was abnormal for puppies their age. They're doing what puppies do. <laughs> I had to fix the dogs because I was afraid of what the neighbors might think of me and what my dogs were doing. It wasn't about the dogs. It was about me. And so I got anxious and upset because the puppies were doing what puppies do. I was anxious and upset because what will the, parent, what will the neighbors think 
of me. See, good parents are great at receiving grace. And the best way to be a parent is to know that you are loved and forgiven by God. And when you parent out of that space, you don't parent out of fear. You don't parent out of a need to control. And you don't parent out of a need to do what's best for you. You parent out of a need for what's best for the child. And you receive grace. And you share grace. See, the less secure you are in God's love for you, the more you encourage your kids to be in your own image. Or worse, your projected or wish image. See, the more secure you are in God's love for you, the more you will guide and mentor your kids in God's image instead of your own image. Agro sports dad. Straight A mom. Helicopter parent. They all have one thing in common. They're insecure about God's grace for them. And so instead of guiding their child to be like Jesus, they attempt to guide their child to be a wish fulfillment of themselves. Good parents are great at receiving grace. They're just good at it. They know they need God's love. They know they need God's forgiveness. And they know that in Christ, we have it. In Christ, you are loved. In Christ, you are forgiven. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to work at it. You don't have to hope for it. God loves you. And he sent his son, Jesus, to prove and demonstrate his love for you and to buy you back by his own blood because he loves you that much. And because of that, we are able to extend grace to those around us, especially kids. <laughs> Tim Kimmel, in his book, uh, notes a few strengths of parents who are securing God's grace for themselves and are more able to easily give grace to their children. And they do this. First, they give children the freedom to be different. See, when you're securing God's love for you, you're okay when your kids are not in your own image. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I was sitting on my porch watching my puppies out in a little gated area, and this kid walked by on the sidewalk. And the kid was wearing a Batman costume. Wearing a Batman costume, doing karate moves on the sidewalk. Man. He's walking down the sidewalk doing his karate moves, and he's talking to himself. He's giving himself a running commentary as he's walking down the street in his Batman costume. I'm like, kid, you are awesome. Look at you. Beating bad guys on the sidewalk while you're walking down the street in your underoos. That is phenomenal. And he wasn't a little kid. He was an older kid. And I thought, I wonder what his parents think. I wonder if they're concerned. <laughs> here's their son walking down the street in his Batman underoos and uh, kicking up a storm. I wonder if they're concerned. I wonder. 
if they're secure enough in God's love for them to say, that's how, I, that's how he is. That's just who my son is. It's okay to be different. See, the image of God is big enough for kids who struggle with math. The image of God is big enough for kids who can't read. The image of God is big enough for kids with developmental disabilities. It's big enough. The image of God is big enough for kids who just struggle with everyday tasks. The big image of God is big enough for kids who wear their Batman underoos and talk to themselves outside. It's big enough. Because God loves your kids. And God loves you. Secondly, parents who are secure in God's grace for them give kids the freedom to be vulnerable. Do children experience grace when they're given the freedom to be vulnerable? I know uh, a man uh, who, as a child, was afraid of the dark. And his father was very disappointed in him for being afraid of the dark. And so when the kid was in bed at night, he would walk in the room, grab the nightlight, and walk out. And so the, the boy grew up to be a man and learned that if you're a man, you never share things that are challenging. You never admit that you don't know what you're doing. You never admit that you're afraid. You never admit that you're uncertain. You don't do it. And as he was growing up, he made a ton of mistakes. Mistakes that a good mentor, ideally a father, could have guided him through. But he never allowed his dad in. Because you don't do that. Grace, parents who are secure in God's grace, allow their kids to be vulnerable. They just allow it. It's okay. And they don't coddle them. They don't make sure that they're never afraid. They don't coddle them, but they walk through it with them. They don't remove the hardship. They guide them through it. Because a lot of parents think parenting is making sure your kids are never hurt or afraid or worried or face any sort of hardship at all. And so when they grow up and they do face hardship, they really struggle. Grace-based parents know that God loves their kids and that they're going to be okay. And that your job as a parent isn't to protect from all harm, but to walk with them through it. God demonstrates his grace when they're vulnerable. Because Peter says this in 1 Peter chapter 5. He says, cast all your care upon God, for he cares for you. He cares for you. We do that as parents. And third, we, we give kids the freedom to make mistakes. Kids make mistakes. Did you know that? Puppies make mistakes. I'm, I'm learning that again. They just make a lot of mistakes. Because they're kids, and that's what kids do. And when they're younger, the mistakes are small. And when they're bigger, the mistakes are big. But that's what kids do. I remember my, uh, my senior homecoming. I was going out, and I had a date. She said yes. <laughs> and so we're driving down the road, right? It was right up the dance, and we're going to my friend's house, we have like dessert there, and uh, he had it all set up, and uh, we we're going to take this walk on the beach. Pretty cool, right? And so we're driving down there, and I got, I got one hand on the wheel, and my parents, uh, 
wood paneled uh, station wagon. That's right, buddies. All right. So I've got one hand on the wheel, I've got my other hand like this, you know. I'm driving down, I say to my date, you know, you look beautiful tonight. All right. And she looks at me and she smiles. Then she does this. Because the road had curved. <laughs> and it kind of just did, did a little jog like this, and there was this median in the road where they just planted these trees. These like little beautiful little tiny trees. I hit the curb at 50 miles an hour. Uh, I took out a newly planted tree, uh, two bent axles, two front flat tires, and I brought the car to a stop. And I remember thinking, my dad's going to kill me. My dad is going to kill me. No cell phones in those days. So uh, some guy drives up behind us and says, Dude, are you okay? Man, you were totally two-wheeling it. <laughs> yeah, we're fine, we're fine, we're fine. My friend comes back in his car. We go back to his house, call my, my dad at, at midnight. Parents love those calls. Dad, I crashed the car. So where are you at? So, well, this is where we're at. Comes by, picks me up, picks my date up, takes her home. And the way home he says, I'm glad you're okay. And he never mentioned it ever again after that. Well, he did mention I was grounded for a period of time. <laughs> and that I had multiple, he gave me multiple opportunities to, you know, raise funds for him to fix the car. But he never brought it up again. Remember that time? Remember that time you crashed my car? Gives the freedom to make mistakes. Extended grace. How many times do we as parents or grandparents, how many times we're working with uh, people who are below us? Whether they're employees that work underneath you that you're in charge of, someone at the store, the barista who's getting your coffee order wrong, uh, someone who's uh, rude at work or in the neighborhood. How many times do we say to ourselves, this is fantastic? This is wonderful. What a great opportunity to extend grace and to model the love of God. I'm so happy for this occasion. We never say that. And that, that's, that's why God puts kids in our lives. That's why God puts employees in our lives. That's why God puts people in your lives who mess up. Because how else will they experience grace? See, families, it's just one big grace factory. And God puts us together so we get a snootful of our own sin. <laughs> and we realize that we need forgiveness, that people around us need forgiveness. And we have the wonderful opportunity to model it and to share it. It's a wonderful opportunity. It's not a fun opportunity, it's not an easy opportunity. It's a wonderful opportunity. And let's face it, as parents, this is where we all fit. So let me extend grace to you. You are forgiven. And God loves you very much. 
and you are his child. And no one or nobody or nothing can take that away from you. You are loved. You are loved. And so this morning, thanks moms for all you do to demonstrate grace, to show grace. We give God thanks and praise for our own moms for those times where they gave grace and extended grace. And for all of you parents, grandparents, dog owners, um, employers, managers, people who encounter other people on a daily basis, know this. Jesus Christ died and rose for you. And he loves you very much. And you are his child. Amen? Amen. In the peace of God, which passes all understanding, may it guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord for life everlasting. Amen. Let's sing our closing song here. Closing song today, Lion of Judah.
kids to come forward here and to, to grab some flowers and roses here for their moms. So kiddos, come on up here. In Numbers chapter 6, God took the priests of his name as people and claimed them as his own with these words. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Go in peace. Amen. Amen. You're the Lion of Judah, the Lamb who was slain. You ascended to heaven and evermore will reign At the end of the age when the earth you reclaim You will gather the nations before you
uh, slate to go on the back splash because this woman had slate all in her floors, so we wanted to bring that in. No, the house were behind. Yeah, we don't like this kitchen. No, no, we're but we are, no, 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 we're just doing minimum, but I can't You do, you got to You have to so much. Yeah. Yeah, he's a sample. Oh, no, no, it's a dark color with green in it. It's really pretty. No, this has veins in it. I don't know why. I, I don't know why. I, 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 I think I'm the only one. I can't remember. It looks like somebody. 
a huge difference, too. I want to see it, but I don't know if we want to see it today. Don't we want to finish our stuff? He says there's five to ten inches here. It's not today. All right, I'll go. I'll go. Now, we do have things going on. Because I know what your other two ones look like. Good.